Mzansi's sporting milestones, moments and stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musia. And tonight we are catching up with Barry Lamson. He's already on the line. Barry, good evening from us on SAFM. Thank you very much for being able to speak to us again tonight. Uh, to be said, it's an absolute pleasure. Good to speak to you. Thank you. Have you been watching the cricket big win over England inside three days? You know, I actually didn't watch that. I was in the road today in the Western Tech, so I didn't watch. But mm. And a friend of mine told me this, that it's really good. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting. Cricket's a funny game. You say one thing and the opposite happens. <laughs> yeah, because all the talk was about England being so good. and uh, We uh, won the toss and batted first and put a reasonable score on and then bowled really well. Yeah, no, baseball was the buzzword, but not anymore. But, um, Barry, yeah. when, when, you watch cric- when you watch cricket, though, do you also like watch at the, um- at the umpires and see how they, they are performing? Oh, yes, all the time. <laughs> uh, so that's part of it, yes. So I watch them as well. Uh, so when our umpire was a bit different, we didn't have all this DRS and replays and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's interesting, South Africa was the first country to bring in replays. Did you oh. Oh, really? Was it during your time? Yeah, when... Oh, I think we've lost him there. I think we've lost him. I think the line wasn't that great. Okay, we're going to try and get umpire Barry Lamson back on the line. Apologies for that. But we do welcome your reaction to the Proteus win over England. You can send us your voice notes to 061-4104-107. Or if you want to call us, the number is 011-714-2006. While we try to connect in a better line, let's see if the... Starting 11s are out for Amazulu and Swallows. Yeah, Amazulu have dropped it. Okay, let's go back to the lines. Sorry about that, Barry. We just no, lost you there. You, you were... Can you hear us now? Okay, we're gonna try. We're gonna try in another line. Okay, let's see. Um, Amazulu starting 11 here. Veli Motwa, Tembelas Kakane, um, Rian Hanamub. Bongeni Gumede, Abu Mubara, Kigan Pokanan, Makelini, Makaula, the captain in the middle, alongside George Malulek, Augustin Quem, who's made an impact since joining on, will be part of the front three. This has to be a front three, right? Quem, Mango, and Tuli. Such great firepower there at Amazulu. You can understand why they're still unbeaten um, this uh, season, but they've been uh, coming from behind. And when we spoke to Ramatlon Patlele earlier in the week, he was saying they need to start scoring first now. And he is on the bench, Raman Patlele, along with the likes of Ethan Brooks there and Sipesitle Maduna, even the veteran Lithonolo Majoro, still going strong. For Swallows, I see Musanyatama is still doing interviews. I thought I had read that Dylan Kerr has finally received his work permit, but clearly that's not the case because Musanya Tame is on the bench, so Takasan Mbajwa in goal, Mvelase, Keegan Allen plays, uh, and Lukubeni, Tsiriso Pachi, Mtetwa, Junaid Sait, uh, the youngster, the, um, not the youngster, the son of Kamal Sait, also there, Yagan Sassman, Lindogusem Charlie, Givmo Kupe, and Wasim Isaacs up front there for Swallows FC. Okay, we're going to take a break and we're going to try and get uh, Barry Lamson on a better line. Flashback Fridays. Flashback Fridays on SAFM. Flashback Friday with uh, Barry Lamson tonight. I think we've got a better connection. Sorry about that, Barry. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> much, much better. <laughs> we, we lost you when you were telling us about the replays being introduced studying in South yes. Africa. Yeah. During your time? Uh, the night to England. <laughs> no. And several days, give someone out with the replay runner. 
and then I was involved in this. I was TV. Um, no, we can't hear that. Steve Bucknell was standing, and 41-4, and John T. Rhodes was run out, okay, and yeah. Steve Bucknell did not call for the replay, and he was run out, actually. Oh, really? Yes, uh, the match, uh, the West Indian, and he had to have a chat to uh, his fellow countrymen. Okay, technology no, we need no, to no, no, guys, it's not working apologies yes. for that Barry apologies for that uh, let's take a break KG Zanzi's sporting milestones moments and stories flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musia okay, let's take some reaction in the cricket while we try and fix the line in the network connections there Good evening, Tabiso, and good evening to your guest. It's Libra here. Uh, look, the protest performed very well uh, in this test match. Uh, Dean Elgar, he captained the team very well. I like this character. No-nonsense captain. He backs his players. He fronts up in the media, takes the pressure off the team. And, uh, you know, for me, he's a great captain, Dean Elgar. He batted very well, and I think he was very unfortunate to get dismissed with a very good ball, uh, getting out for 47. Cyril Arvia, I think he's starting to find his feet in international cricket. I also think that, uh, uh, you know, uh, Makram and, and, and Van Desen are under pressure. I think this is the last series for them to prove themselves, especially the youngster like Regalton knocking on the door and Bavuma coming back at the end of the year. Otherwise, a very good performance. Marco Janssen, another great uh, player for us. Tall, left-arm seamer. You know, this bowling attack, Andok Nokia also performed very well. You know, this is a very good team, all in all. And I think it, it puts us in good state, especially that we have qualified for the final of the World Test Championship. And yeah, good luck. And a comment on KG as well. Very good player, but I'm very impressed by the performance. Thank you, Tabiso. Thanks, Libra. 250 wickets for KG, by the way. I saw that stat today. Uh, what a player he has become over the years. And he still has so many more years um, in him. Kajiso Rabada and he's certainly going to go down as one of the best there. Sorry, 200, was it 250? Yeah, 250 career test wickets. How's that? And for a man who there was so much doubt to be ahead of the game because of the injury, you can understand why they gave him until late uh, to prove his fitness there. He's definitely a, cru- a crucial a member of this team. Okay, third time lucky now with Barry Lamson. Do we have you, Barry? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds better, but I don't want to jinx it. You were telling us that Steve Buckner did not give the run out. No, and he was well out, John T. Rose. He was Ooh. about at least a foot and a half out, and he didn't call for the replay. And uh, the match referee wasn't too happy with him. <laughs> That's quite interesting. But on that note, then, Barry, how would you say the technology has changed just the role of an umpire um, these days? Because there's so much, there's ball tracking, there's DRS, all these things. So it puts a lot more pressure on uh, the third umpire, now the TV umpire, uh, because he's got lots of money. But he's got all the technology there. So the TV umpire now will check for no balls. And then he's got all those options. He's got, uh, what, uh, spin vision, and then he's got ultra edge, and so on, and then ball tracking. Uh, but it's interesting. It's more different sort of pressure on the umpires, because mm-hmm. the umpires, you know, they give a decision, and then the players have got a certain amount of time before they, uh, in which they can appeal the decision. So, for example, he's, I give someone out caught behind. Mm. The batsman's got 15 seconds to... Uh, to ask for the replay for that 
And then when an umpire has to change a decision, it's quite difficult. And, you know, you can watch some umpires when they do that. Look at their body language when they change the decision. So they've given someone out and they have to change it and turn and say not out. So that's quite interesting. But most of the time it still shows the umpires are correct. And would you say this, all this technology is good uh, for the game? You know, it cuts out human error, I suppose, in a way. But it's a game of error. A batsman makes an error, he's out. A bowler makes an error, he's hit for four. And, yeah, it's, it's made, certainly made umpiring different to what it was in the olden days. And, uh, and you know, if the people at the top think it's the right way to do it, you can't argue with them. But from my point of view, I would have just enjoyed umpiring without all this technology. Mm. It's interesting, the, the more difficult decisions, with, the more difficult is to umpire are the times where the pitch is very difficult to bat on. Mm-hmm. So you've got a pitch that suits the bowler. It's very difficult to umpire. It's more difficult. Whereas if you've got a pitch that suits the batsman and the ball doesn't do much, then it's much easier to umpire. So if you go across to the subcontinent, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, those sort of places, you'll find it's a lot more difficult to umpire because the ball's turning square or bouncing and that sort of thing. And has it put the umpires under a bit more pressure and uh, under more scrutiny now with all this technology? No, it does. It does, obviously. And uh, you would see, so for example, I spoke to Maria Rasmus, the South Africa's top umpire, and he mm. said to me, you know, I had a game where I gave, I had seven of my decisions were queried, were obviously there were replays for, and he got, I think, mean, one wrong, whereas the other umpire, I think, had four or five, and he had to change his decisions five times. So that's quite difficult. Yeah. And you... In the person's eye, you know, in the people's eye. So the, when you see those replays, they'll then go back to the umpire and ask him to change his decision. And it's quite a lot of pressure on the umpire when he's because he's being relayed by TV to millions of people all over the world. I think that was recently eh, against Bangladesh with Murray, Murray Erasmus. Yes. I think it was a game where he was with Adrian Holstock in the middle there. And there were a yes, lot... That yes, that was in Port Elizabeth, yeah, I know. Yes, yes, there were a lot of decisions. And that happens, you know. You get those days where things are very difficult and things don't go really well for you. But you get those other days where everything is perfect. But it's just one of those things. And another thing is you can be doing all the decisions from one side where the other umpire is just counting balls. <laughs> <laughs> I was a, before before we go to that point, and I think this incident happened when it was during COVID, so the empires had to be from home, right? And there was a yes. lot of talk and unhappiness about that. What did you make of that? I mean, um, it was a tough tough situation to be in. Uh, yes, well, it, it did. It was interesting. It showed umpires. So there might have been one or two games in one or two of the series where maybe the visiting team wasn't happy with the umpiring, but uh, sometimes you. You get people that are unhappy with anything, no matter what happens or anything. <laughs> but what it showed was that the umpires are pretty good, mm. and they did their job. So I know we uh, we played India here. There were no problems with the umpires. Mm. So maybe there was that one uh, Bangladesh game. The umpires were under pressure the one day. Uh, but India was in England last year, uh, and... Uh, New Zealand and that sort of thing, and it didn't make any difference. Yeah. Uh, so now they've changed now. So if you look at the test series now, it's actually uh, one umpire from the home union 
and then uh, the other umpire standing is from out elsewhere, mm. plus the, the TV umpires also from elsewhere. And you mentioned so they, that, that the other umpire is standing there counting balls. How different is it standing uh, behind the stumps and at square leg, uh, Gary? I mean, Barry? Uh, well, in front of the stumps, you've got most of the decisions of the to make, so that's a lot more pressure. However, at square leg, you need to be on the ball because you could be asked to... So, for example, depth. If a person's caught a slip and he jumps, dives forward to catch it, you at square leg have got a far better view of that because you've seen it side on, whereas the umpire at the bowler's end is turning it straight on and it's more difficult. So you need to be there at square leg. You need to watch out for that. Uh, positions of fielders, like you can't have three behind square leg and all sorts of things. And also, you know, that controversial thing about full tosses, high full tosses mm, and mm. short balls and that sort and of thing. And waist length and so above the waist and above the yes, shoulder. Yes, yeah. So you need to be on the ball there. And it's, it's a team effort, and uh, it's interesting the players will pick up if the umpires aren't working as a team. And, as a, and umpires do work as a team, so it's really important. And support each other on the field, that's the most important thing. And where does the ball follow you the most, at square leg or next to the stumps? Uh, depends. <laughs> I was hit on the back of the head at square leg, mm. and I was hit in the back of the head at the stump, so it, it makes no difference. You have to be alert to that. <laughs> sure, it's a tough job, Barry Lampson. For those who are just no, joining is. us, we are catching up with umpire. Are you a former umpire now, Barry? Have you completely yes, um, uh, left it behind? I, um, yes, I stopped umpiring in just uh, before 2010. Mm. So umpired, I started umpiring in 1983. 85, I did my first first-class game and I untitled then. But I'm still involved as a match referee. so oh. And so I can sit in an air-conditioned office and watch the players. And um, so actually as a match referee, you're basically a conduit between the players and the umpires. Mm. You have to do umpires' reports and that sort of thing. And yeah, I still get a good view of the game I really enjoy. And what do you make of the state of umpiring at the moment here at home and just around the world? Uh, we've done really well here. So we've got, uh, you know, we, as I said, when we first came into umpiring, when we first came out of isolation in the 90s, we the first test series against India, we had three umpires, uh, and of which one was overseas and two are South African, and the overseas umpire stay, stood for four of the five days and took turns with the local umpire. And we've come really a long way from that. And if we think of the umpires that have come through, Cyril Mitchley was a very good umpire, Rudy Kutzen, we had a chap Carl Liebenberg, and now we've got Maria Rasmus is at the top. Uh, we've got Adrian Holstock, who's done superbly. Then we've got Aladin Palaka, who was just voted the other day mm-hmm. umpire of the season, and umpire's umpire of the season. We've got a Bongani Jele, who's a really good umpire, plus a whole lot of more coming through behind them. So it's really healthy in this country. Yeah, Sean George also, right? Um, yes, Sean, yeah, yeah, Sean, I was going to talk about, yes. Idea. And we had Jan Kuti, yeah, Sean retired at the end of last season. So yeah. he's not umpiring anymore. I'm sure he'll be doing some sort of coaching uh, job this year. And, and what does it take to become an umpire? What, what skill level is needed or what is needed? Well, firstly, a love of the game. Uh, secondly, you need to have a good knowledge of the laws and the playing conditions because you you know you can get an LBW wrong, but you can't get the playing conditions wrong. Um, <laughs> a thick skin is another one. Mm. And the ability to concentrate for long periods of time, even when things don't look like they're happening. 
because that's quite interesting. You know, you think other games just drifting along and then suddenly you have to make a decision. So you need to really concentrate for long periods of time but be able to turn off as well, you know, um, after each ball. And and how did you deal with a mistake back in your day, especially when there was no technology then, Barry? Uh, it's quite difficult. Um, so... You know, you work as an umpire pair, and the other umpire caught behind might be able to help you afterwards and say after the, the half, after the session, you might have got that wrong. You know, as an umpire, that when you get something wrong. So it's, the other thing is you need to get over it quickly and, and carry on because you know you never know you might get another decision a few balls later you have to give. And yeah, so I remember we had uh, there was an Australian who played for Natalia, Kim Hughes, and I did a mm. game where I got one wrong, but I gave two or three very good decisions. So they said to me, you made that mistake that you made up for it with those excellent decisions. So oh. just one of those things, you need to get over it and carry on because the next ball is just as important and you can't make the same error again. I read one interview you did, one of your in- interviews, but I read it, we read it this week, and you were saying that um, it's a job that can influence somebody's career. What, what exactly do you mean by that? I don't know influence someone's career. You know, we've got, over the years, the players have said that. So you've had a coach come to the umpire and said, you've destroyed my player's career and all that oh. nonsense. It's not really. So it's, you get players over it. Time will try and pick up, you know, things aren't going well for them. So let's see who can blame or blame the umpire. <laughs> and uh, no one, I know umpires ruined someone's someone's career. Mm. I doubt if that's very much <laughs> happened. And you don't go out to do, to uh, destroy someone's career. No, no, that's not. I don't agree with that. And uh, yeah, you, sometimes you can have a give a mistake. You can have a mistake, and someone will say, to you, oh, "Barry, remember that mistake," and that sort of thing. I'll just say, remember that stupid shot you played when you went out that next next innings, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. We are speaking to Barry Lamson, a former umpire. We can say that. You can send us your voice notes to 061-4104-107. Any questions, any comments, if you remember him, or call us on 011-714-2006. Um, I see there are also a lot of former players, Barry, getting into umpiring. Um, yes. Ray, Ray Ealingworth, the former England spinner, was in the middle for this test match. I've seen Paul Rifle, obviously, over the years. Kuma yes. Damaserna, also the Sri Lankan. Um, yes. Is this good for the for the game, for the conveyor belt? Yes, it is. So I think player uh, umpires that have had playing experience will understand the game better. They know when things are becoming crucial on the field in terms of a match. And we've had, so Sybil Mitchley was a former player, um, Maria Rasmus, I used to actually umpire and he played for Boerland, he was a batsman bowler. Uh, Aladdin Palaka played a bit for uh, Northerns. And then we've got Arne Jacobs coming through. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, he's, he played for Northwest and Eastern Province. Mm. Uh, there's Amungile Sudumo. The wicketkeeper. He played for, for, yes, he played for Border. Uh, yes, and there are quite a few coming through that have played. It doesn't not a prerequisite, but it definitely helps. Oh yes, then Dennis Smith was also an ex player, and Brad White, another ex player. Mm-hmm. And you get the ones that don't play, but uh, on the whole, you get quite a, most of them coming through a player. So the better ones will probably be the players that played before, but it's not always going to be the case. Yeah. And I see you're not counting yourself. Did you not play back in the days? No, I just played at varsity, 
that sort of thing. And I loved the game. I just, no, I just really and I thought. So it started off. So I did play at varsity, and mm. then when we had to do our national service many years ago, I was asked. We played cricket, and then the next week I was asked. The umpire didn't arrive, so the chap running the team was actually an umpire himself. And he said, Barry, the umpire's not arrived. Would you like to umpire? So I said, okay, I'll give it a bash. And I went on the field, and one of the, I was at square leg. You were talking about that earlier. And one of the batsmen hit the ball into the ground. So you can see that pretty well from where you are. Mm. And was caught, and he started to walk off. And I said, where you going? The ball, you hit the ball into the ground. Come back. And oh. the coach said to me, would you like to umpire? And that's oh. where it started. <laughs> wow. And then and then after you start, then do you have to go through these courses and all of that and, and you, you progress yes. up, you move up the levels? Yes. So I was lucky. I was lucky. We I started umpiring at a time where South African umpiring maybe wasn't at its best and there were lots of controversies about. So in those days when you used to have, unfortunately, the cricket board wasn't amalgamated and yeah. Transvaal Western Province was... Newlands was the killer game. It was the most important game where Clive Ice and Graham Pollock and all those people were playing. And they used to have local umpires umpiring. (laughs) The Western Province umpires. So the West... (laughs) At Newlands. decisions happened. (laughs) Yeah, at Newlands. So those were the problem. Uh, Yeah, but when I came through, you had to do the various umpiring courses, etc. When you got back into national cricket... uh, I just got the experience. I've done all the courses. They do structure it now, so there is like a pathway for umpires to pass through. So they will start uh, start off at the junior level, do under 14, under 13 cricket, then go up to under 15, under 17. Then the Coca, the, the General Majolo Week, that's the under 19 tournament, and so on, then varsities, and then from there. So there are different panels as well amongst the umpires. And at the time, was it a job you could do on a full-time basis, or did you have to hold no. another job at the same time? Because I, no, I believe you were a job. teacher. Yes, so that, uh, being a teacher, allowed me to umpire for many, many years, and it gave me the time I could do it. And now you could never, you could never pay, um, uh, use that at that stage. So oh. the umpires now get very well paid. I remember I did a final in 1989. It was Transvaal versus Free State at the Wanderers. They had Alan Lamb playing, playing oh. for Free State. They had him playing for that season. They then brought him out for the final and it was yeah. 50,000. I think mean, I paid him 50,000 rand for the final. Okay. I got 500 rand for the five days. And I gave, I think I gave out Alan Lamb LBW and I said to Brian McMillan, you know, it's so easy for a 500 rand umpire to give a 50,000 rand player out by just putting up his finger. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. So so throughout your umpire ring, were you still a teacher at the same time? Yes. Yes, I was still a teacher at the same time. It put on a bit of pressure. Uh, yes, uh, I did a test match in England and uh, our headmaster at the time wouldn't let me go for another game. So it was that pressurized from that. It was quite mm-hmm. difficult, but it, it did enable me to do umpiring. Mm-hmm. And and uh, now are the guys full-time umpires? Uh, some of them are. Some of them still have jobs. Uh, the ones, obviously, at the higher level are just umpires. The ICC I umpires. Palika is involved with the school uh, in Laudium. Mm. Uh, 
Maria Rasmus doesn't, obviously, because he goes all over the place. Mm. Uh, Adrian Holstock's just an umpire, uh, but others like Brad White has his own uh, cricket coaching clinic, uh, clinic he runs, that sort of thing. But they do have contracts with Cricket South Africa, most of them, and at different levels. It depends oh. how, how up you are in the rankings. Well, okay, we'll just take a quick break. We'll continue our conversation with uh, Barry Lampson after this break. Zansi's Sporting Milestones, Moments and Stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musia. Still catching up with former umpire Barry Lampson there. Barry, when we were doing research for this conversation, I was shocked to see that you only officiated five test matches between 92 and 95. Is that correct, firstly? Uh, yes. Uh, so at one stage, uh, I lost confidence in myself as an umpire. And, uh, yeah, I went through a bad test match in Cape Town uh, with the New Zealanders against South Africa in 94. And, uh, yeah, so uh, my umpire, my umpiring, uh, I lost confidence in myself, I think, was the main reason. And, uh, yeah, so I was then overlooked by the person in charge of umpiring after that. I still carried on umpiring, however, uh, league, uh, provincial cricket until 2008, 2009, around then. Were you still doing ODIs at the time, or were you just out of international cricket? Out of international cricket, yeah. Sure. So and the, I was yeah. very lucky. I probably should have, if I think back now, I probably should have done more tests. Mm. Uh, and more ODIs and that sort of thing, uh, but you know, I'm still, I still was able to 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 represent our country uh, at the highest level, so that was great. And then when we came back from international cricket, and so a lot of games that were really imp- important to me, and uh, so I think one of those was the one we beat Australia, the Wanderers, uh, where um, I think. We really bowled them out on the last day. That was a fantastic game. Uh, one of the one days where we played also in Johannesburg against the Australians, another wonderful game. We won that one. Uh, yeah, and just to meet a lot of different people through international cricket. So I went to England. I did a test in England, uh, which was really nice. Uh, umpired in Dubai, in Sharjah. That was they had an Australasian Cup, which is the teams from Australia and Asia. Uh, they don't do that anymore because they I don't know if there was match fixing about that, but they don't do those again. And uh, yeah, I umpired in New Zealand. We had an exchange. So we have had exchanges with various countries. I was very lucky to go to New Zealand to umpire there. Yeah, so, and then we had school tours. I used to umpire in those. We went to Sri Lanka, uh, England, Australia, that sort of thing. So... I got to go to different parts of the world with my umpiring, and yeah, I, if I think back it, I probably should have done, as I said, more umpiring, more test matches, but um, yeah, I just can look back at that and say, I'm glad I've done that, and yeah, I feel proud of what I did. Yeah, and, and we've actually got somebody on the line that you mentioned earlier on as one of the upcoming umpires in South African cricket. Abongile Sotumo joins us on the line, former wicketkeeper, of course, Abongile. Good evening, Abongile. Thanks for taking our call on SFM tonight. Okay, good evening. Good evening, Tabiso. I'm sure you enjoyed the cricket over the last two and a half days. Yes, definitely. It was <laughs> lovely to actually beat the English at the home ground at Lord, the home of cricket. Yeah, it doesn't get better than that. We've got Barry Lampson on on the line here. I mean, what do you what can you tell us about Barry? Would he have been one of the person you watched closely when you were playing as an umpire? 
Yes, definitely. When I was playing, he, he's always got a story that he tells everyone every time I see him. Yeah, I can I, tell you, Kabisa, I can tell you that story. What's that story? I told my captain that he came me out without me hitting the ball. No! So my captain mugged him down. <laughs> he said, he, he always says he's going to get me and back the ball at the same time. Did he hit the ball, Barry, or not? Yes, he did. <laughs> no, no chance, Barry. I never touched him. He never, he, never, he never hit the ball in the middle of the bat. I never saw him hit the ball in the middle of the bat. <laughs> He was always going for the big ones. This Abogi let's not do, right? Yeah, no, no. The next over slips. Oh, no. <laughs> but besides that one game, Abongile, which you haven't forgotten, though, what did you make of his umpiring? Because he was quite a character also, eh? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we, we used to call him Mr. Trigger because he went up with the bowler. So <laughs> every time I pull up, the thing was operating. So we called him Mr. Trigger. I still remember him. Uh, I don't know if you still remember. There was an advert. I think when the T20s came out. Uh-huh. Pro 20. Like, <laughs> yeah, something around like, uh, who's the guy from New Zealand? Uh, Billy Bowden. Kind of thing, uh, Billy Bowden. Oh, like, yeah. Another character. Yeah. <laughs> and there was an advert of, uh, I can't say it now, with uh, Paris. And I think it was NBS. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but I must say, um, I enjoyed um, having Mr. Lamson. I still enjoy having him as my next head as well. Mm. As you guys said, you mentioned, mm. um, it's actually quite nice to work with him. He's got quite a, a wealth of uh, you know knowledge that he passes on whenever we, we have games and stuff. So it's easy to access him. And he actually helps out when you're at the game. Yeah. And how's the journey been for you, Abongile? Oh, Jenny's been good. I'm really I'm starting to enjoy it more now. Because uh, obviously when you start off, uh, it's kind of like when like uh, when I started off, I wasn't really into umpiring, you know. But now I can really feel it. I'm, I'm really, um, my dream is actually to make it to the top league. So I'm really, really enjoying it, especially the past two years. And Barry, what does it mean to make it into that top league, those elite panels there? Well, I think sometimes it's luck, uh, but a lot of hard work, you know. It's almost harder to stay at the top than get there. So hard work, luck, uh, but you also make your own luck by try working hard. Uh, but I'd like to say, tell you, Amangile, I had him last season. Hmm. He umpired the Wanderers, am I right? Yes, he was Wanderers, yes, Mr. Yeah, And he did really, really well. I was very impressed. He made some really good decisions. You know, anyone can get the easy ones right, but he got some really difficult ones right. So it says quite a lot about him as an umpire, and I think he'll do well. Okay, one. As I say, you're only as good as your last game, and so that's the thing about cricket. You're only as good like an umpire and a player. You know, you can bring be brought down to earth pretty quickly, so you need to be stable and just get off your feet and get back and do the right thing. So... He can't take anything for granted. And Evangeli, I don't think he does that. He's, he's, got good, yeah, he's got a good set of values, and I think he'll do well. Okay, wonderful. And you can't focus too much on mistakes there, Evangeli. You always have to be positive in this job, because eh? it's a tough one, eh? It definitely. I think also you require to have a lot of patience as well. Yeah. So it's not an easy journey to go to the top, especially for us, because there's like quite a lot of packing order. But like Mr. Lemson said, if you work hard... And put in the hard yards, uh, you'll be rewarded at the end of the day.
Okay, wonderful. Thanks for being able to join our conversation tonight. I've also heard you behind the mic. Keep going there, Abongil. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Good evening, Mr. Lambert. Okay, okay, let's leave it there. Uh, Perry, he was a guest after all. Let's be nice. We're going to take a quick break. We'll wrap up after this break. Flashback Fridays on SAFM. Barry, as we wrap up, one of the things I remember is that you used to like to jump around when, when calling for a boundary or an extra. Why was that? So it's interesting. In the eight, late 80s, they decided to uh, make a one-day competition where they tried to introduce um, music to the game and you could have substitutes and uh, they played different music to win. So batting, if he wasn't batting properly, the captain of the field, the batting side could substitute him off the ground. Mm. And so I put some dance moves to it. It's called <laughs> the Lamson Lambada. <laughs> was it back in the days of pyjama cricket, Benson and Hedges? Yeah, <laughs> yes. But it was more a day, it was more comp- not really a day-night competition. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, the T20 started. The Standard Bank T20 mm. started. Uh, and that's where I was involved in that since I jumped around there signaling sixes and fours and all sorts of things. <laughs> and, 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 and how different is standing at the, at, at the stumps? I mean, and in, in um, first-class cricket and international cricket, how different are the levels? Uh, well, there's a lot more. There's a big difference between the two. So um, when you go up to that sort of level, it's a lot more pressure obviously the tv the lots of spectators and that sort of thing so there's lots more pressure in that uh, so if you do a first class game here there's probably no one uh, really watching uh, but there you've got millions of people around you uh, and the noise levels so sometimes the noise levels are great on the side of the field mm. so i know in the band in port elizabeth oh yeah the uh, press band. they irritate some people i know <laughs> i think it was kumar damasina wanted them to turn their stop playing and but you can't that's part of it yeah. it's p is the band and that strong wind so sometimes <laughs> you're going to struggle but it's just one of those things and the flat but pitch yeah <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot more pressure under those two. You've got lots of spectators and that sort of thing. But, you know, once you settle in the game, you get like a vibe you're going, you get a, like a rhythm going. You're just part of the game, which is really nice. And four-day cricket or five-day cricket, it's, it goes ebbs and flows, where is one-day cricket, especially T20, you're there, and it's from ball one, it's go, go, go. And and you've you've had the best seat in the house. I mean, for years you've come across yes. some great players over yes. the years. Who are some of the best batters that you have seen? Uh, the best batters, obviously, um, would have been um, Jacques Cullis was excellent. Ah. There was a chap called Roy Pina. He was before uh, we got back to national cricket. Uh, then you had the ones from overseas, Michael Atherton. You had uh, Alan Border from Australia. Michael Atherton. Something like he played yeah. boring cricket at block every single ball. <laughs> but then he managed, remember the time he stopped South Africa from winning yeah, the game? The Wonders. Yeah, in yeah, the Wonders, yes. The wonders, yeah. Obviously, the bowlers, uh, you had the West Indians. Uh, you had Kirtley Ambrose, Courtney Walsh, <laughs> Ian Bishop. You had Waka Yunus, Wazim Akram, <laughs> Shane Warne, Craig McDermott, all those great bowlers. 
and obviously great field as well, the John T. Rhodeses and that sort of thing, mm. uh, those sort of people. And the South Africans, Alan Donald, uh, as I said, Jacques Cullis, mm. and uh, the ones coming through now, Dale Stan, I remember standing in Dale Stan's first, one of his first matches in Pretoria, as well as for A.B. de Villiers, mm. playing against Western Province. Yeah. And sure. so no, those, seen, are some, those are some good names, good names. And you make good friends. That's one of the other things about cricket, is you make a whole lot of good friends from different, a lot of people from different walks of life. And and I think that's really one of the main things. You do something, and you know, you have you play hard, but you play respectfully. Mm. And so you never know, you meet up with someone that you played cricket with later on in life. And, it, and it's so nice to reminisce about what you did and when you did umpired yeah. so for example yesterday i've been down in the cape town for a bit here i i like my wine so touring the <laughs> winelands and i was in elgin and there i bumped into adrian caper oh i remember the big hitter there yes you'd put those balls at the top of the roof at newlands eh? <laughs> yes and he never played t20 cricket yeah, as what he would have been like then Yes, because that was his game. But just finally, because of time, Barry, I'm sure you were preview also to some great chaps on the field there. What's the best one you've ever had? Or some of the best ones? The best chap. So that was a chap called Kenny Jackson. He played for Western Province. Oh, yeah. They had a most irritating player called Terence Lazard. I remember him, yeah. And, and uh, Kenny Jackson's, uh, Terence Lazard's facing, this is in uh, one of the games, and he says to you, Barry, just please tell those... A play, those spectators to move back from the side screen to move away from the side screen. So I stopped the game and they moved the play, those, few, those spectators away from the side screen. Mm. Next ball is clean bold. <laughs> Terence Azad. So Kenny Jackson says, okay, you people all move back, please. <laughs> that sort of thing. And yeah, you know, lots, but lots of games, lots of different things. Uh, as I say, you had characters like that. Kenny yeah. Jackson, Pat Simcox was a character, a whole lot of different players. Okay. And that's, yeah. Oh, wonderful. That's a good one. I like that. Barry, we're out of time, but thank you for okay. being able to take our call Absolute tonight pleasure. on SAFM. It's been a pleasure catching Great, up with you. Great insight okay. also. Okay, anytime. Thank you. Okay, Tabisa, have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Okay, cheers. Cheers, bye. bye Barry Lampson, the legendary well. umpire there.